welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It is 2022, and we are kicking off with an amazing interview with Dr. Nerissa Crayer. She's a peds endo that transitioned into the biotech company over 15 years ago, and now she helps us colleagues do the exact same thing. Today, we're going to talk about networking, the pros and cons about working in the pharmaceutical and biotech industry, and how you can take the first step if this is something that's interesting to you. So, Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Narissa Crayer. It's so great to have you here today. So great to be here. Really excited. Before we hopped on the podcast, I realized that I found somebody who did some training in the Hoosier State. So glad to connect over that connection. Why don't you tell all the people out in the podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic you put out into the world? Sure. So uh, by training, I'm a pediatric endocrinologist, and I transitioned into the pharmaceutical industry early in my career, about a year after being junior faculty at Riley Hospital. And I didn't make that choice because I was going after pharma as a career at that point in time. Uh, I was supposed to have a job in clinical research at Mass General. It fell through because of budget cuts. And I was really left questioning what I would do. I knew I didn't want to do day in and day out clinical care. I really wanted to do clinical research. I thought that would be academic, but I couldn't find anything in the Boston area and we really needed to be here. So I started looking at some of the pharma opportunities, which are big here in the Boston area. And someone in my network actually sent my resume in, and that's how I landed my first job in pharma in medical affairs. I love it. Yeah. Networking is critical. I've told my kids that since they were wee little ones. Yeah. And so now, you know, I'm 15 years into my career and I've been in pharma and biotech since that time. I love that you talk about networking because in medicine culture, we are terrible at that. But as I've become an entrepreneur and doing more and more things, it's so important to just like, hey, who are you? What do you do? You know, get to know each other beyond just the like, oh, that's the cardiologist I consult with and that's the surgeon, you know, to really like expand those boundaries, not in a schmoozy, like I'm going to use people kind of way, but just recognize that there are lots and lots of people out in the world and you need to know some of them. So true. I I love what you said about it's not schmoozy. It's being curious about people we're surrounded by. So if you go at networking with a negative connotation, I encourage people to actually just be curious about the people around them and get to know them and not even think about it as necessarily networking because of that negative connotation. In my Burnt Out to Badass course that I host once a year, that's actually one of the homework assignments is I make people go out and find people to talk to. 
Either it's somebody that maybe they have a job that sounds amazing. One gal in one of my courses one time, she started networking with people who were physicians that had second homes in Costa Rica because she wanted a second home in Costa Rica and just started asking them questions like, how did you figure this out? How did you pay for it? Who did you use to purchase? Like, how did it happen internationally? And actually that got her really, really far. Like you said, just being curious and going and asking people questions. You're not asking for their debit card number. You're not asking for their firstborn. You're just saying, hey, can I like ask you a few questions over a 15 minute Zoom call? Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is that if you also see it, that you are providing them some value as well. You might not even know what that value is. And maybe it's, you know, 10, 15 months from now, but maybe they come back to you and you also provide value. So thinking about it from that standpoint often can help people as well. Yes. Good tips before we even get into your word today, (laughs) which is confidence. Tell the people out there, why did you pick confidence? Yeah. So I picked confidence. Um, You know, my coaching work is helping physicians to understand the pharma biotech um, as a career path. And so I coach physicians that are interested in exploring that and making that transition. And as I've been doing this, one thing that I noticed about many of us as physicians is we don't show up with confidence. We're so used to being the best performers at everything we've done, we're scared to fail. And so the confidence to fail is something that I've tried to instill during my coaching, because getting that first pharma job, it requires failure. Most people don't get the first job that they apply for. And so it's a different mindset than most of us have gone into becoming doctors. Yeah. And speak a little bit more to that because, you know, you can think about the application process into medical school. I mean, we put lots of applications out there and think of, you know, residency, people visit all over the place to, you know, find their next spot. Why do you think it's so hard when it comes to the job search that we put all of our eggs in one basket? Yeah, I have a couple of reflections on that. One is, I think the path to medical school and residency is artificial. Railroad tracks is what I call them. They're built. um, Exactly. So, you know, my kids, I didn't have this growing up, but the rubrics, right? So there's this, you follow this and you achieve that. (laughs) And that's sort of how medical school and residency are. Even though you need to apply to multiple schools and multiple programs, you know, the vast majority of people are going to match into a residency versus pharma and biotech. There's there's no book to go and read about how to do this. Every company is different. Every hiring manager is different. Every process is different. And I think that that is uncomfortable for most physicians because they don't have railroad tracks in front of them to get to that first pharma job. So that's the first thing. And I think the other thing is the unknown. We are even taught in in many programs that pharma and biotech are bad. You know, they're the dark side, avoid it. We don't let medical science liaisons into the academic hospitals. We don't let, let the sales reps in. And for some things that's appropriate, but I think that we've made it very, 
yes or no versus there's a lot of gray in between. And so I think that's another thing. People are are scared to give it a try because they think it's bad. They think it carries a lot of stigma. So you also need confidence to stand up for what you want in this situation uh, against, you know, maybe program directors or other colleagues who you're worried will judge you for that decision. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, even in family medicine, there weren't any other career tracks really talked about. It was like, are you going to be an employed clinical doc or are you going to do teaching? It may be private practice if you were real crazy, real, real crazy. But there are so many more other options. And like you said, you're just talking about a small sliver. And when I'm coaching other physicians as well, that fear of the unknown, like, but what if I look behind the curtain, you know? And it's like, look behind the curtain. There's so many possibilities for you. But it is so hard to get out of railroad track mindset. Because again, that programming of if I just do the right thing, then it'll all end up okay. Until you get to the end of the tracks and you're like, holy fuck, I'm burned out. I'm not happy. Where Where is my promised land that they told me it would be okay? And so I'm so glad that you're coaching in this arena because it is giving people that insight to say like, no, it's absolutely okay to pivot. Please, please pivot because these are great areas that we need good doctors in. Absolutely. You know, I mean, think about it. Don't you want your physician colleagues helping to develop the drugs you're using every day? You you want people like us driving that and and being the people that are overseeing that type of work. Yeah, being those compasses. So talk a little bit about the pros, cons of this industry and working in it. Sure. So, you know, on the topic of burnout, one of the things that I really love about working in pharma is that I do something different, not just every day, but like every hour. So, you know, one morning I might be writing a clinical trial protocol and the next afternoon I might be meeting with the board of directors or an investor. And so there's such intellectual stimulation because I'm not doing the same thing day in and day out. The other piece that ties to that is, you know, I said earlier, I'm a pediatric endocrinologist, but I've had the opportunity to work in so many different therapeutic areas. I'm not an expert in any of those, but I've been able to really expand outside of pedendo and continue to be a forever learner, which I really enjoy. And I think that that has kept me motivated to keep doing this job because there are so many opportunities to keep learning. So those are the pros. You know, there are lots of other pros. There are multiple different ways that physicians can work in pharma. So there are three different career paths I typically talk about, and and they're quite different. In fact, some are more individual contributors, some are more clinical development and research related. And then, you know, I think the other thing is the ability to work with lots of other really smart people. So also in medicine, I I talk about with people that we're surrounded by people that all speak the same language. We all speak medical language. So the nurses, the techs, everyone that you're exposed to, you're speaking the same language. Whereas in biotech and pharma, 
you know, I'm exposed to the person that speaks marketing language and the person that speaks regulatory language. And so I've had this opportunity to learn all of these new languages from people that are very different from me. And again, getting back to that intellectual stimulation, I think that's really cool. Um, Cons, it's hard for me actually to come up with lots of cons. I think some people feel that some of the rules and regulations, you know, when you're a doctor, ultimately you have a lot of decision-making power. In biotech and pharma, there's a lot more cross-functional decision-making. And so physicians that I'm coaching, I often have to make sure that they're going to be really comfortable that they're not the top of the totem pole anymore, that they're part of a team and they may not always get their way. So that's something that I really work with people on to make sure that that's going to be okay with them and that this is a good career fit for them. Yeah, absolutely. Talk a little bit to how you help clients overcome probably that internal stigma of their joining the dark side. Yeah, sure. So I think the first is describing the roles. So, you know, as an example, one of the roles for physicians is drug safety or something called pharmacovigilance. Some companies even call it patient safety. And it's all about safety. So you are 100% focused on what are the side effects of the drug that we've seen in animal studies, in our clinical trials, and even after a drug is on the market. And so if you think about that, you're in charge of making sure that the world understands the safety of a drug. And so what more important responsibility for a physician, right? So I think that's a great example of how it's really not the dark side. You're looking for and summarizing the safety of drugs that our physician colleagues are using. Yeah, absolutely. And like you were saying with those cross-sectional teams, you get to be the medical compass for the marketing department or for the regulatory department and say, you know, sometimes say, whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes on this or, you know, get to get into the data and really help interpret what this really means with some of those meds that are, you know, through the different phases. So I love that explanation. For somebody who's out there listening right now and you have perked their ears, what would you encourage them to do as the next step? Yeah, so I would encourage them going back to our conversation on networking. LinkedIn is a place that a lot of physicians don't utilize. So I would absolutely encourage them, go to LinkedIn and search physicians in pharma, search for you know pharmaceutical physicians and start to network with people like myself. Make that outreach, ask some questions. There are also some great Facebook pages that are available to physicians uh, that are interested in non-clinical careers. So great people to network with there. But I think, you know, you, you have to go looking for that information. My website, I publish blogs, in fact, that I interview other physicians working in pharma. So that's a great place to get a different perspective than just mine. You can see lots of different physicians. So I would encourage people to look at that resource as well. But but networking and, and really LinkedIn, it's not hard to use. Um, it's a great place to be if you're interested in this. Yeah. And Dr. Crayer's website is industrymdcoach.com. We'll put that in the show notes. You know, because really confidence is kind of like a muscle. You've got to use it. 
You've got to network. You've got to start saying the words out loud. I'm interested in transitioning to fill in the blank. You have to work that confidence muscle so that it builds so that when you are stepping into an interview or you're flying across the country to look at your potential next company, that you're not a little weakling walking in there, but instead you've you've done the reps and you're ready to go. Yeah, definitely. And that shows, right? If you show up in an interview confident, even if underneath, you might still question, do you have the right experience? But that's the work I try to do with people is helping them understand what they bring to the table. And so if I can impart some of that confidence in, yes, that publication you did in fellowship is important. Put it on your resume. Let's talk about it. Really pulling that out of people and getting them to a comfort level of taking credit for what they've done and not downplaying it. Absolutely. So if somebody is interested in maybe talking with you more, what is the best way to get in contact or to hang out with you? Yeah, definitely. So you gave my website. There's a way to get in touch with me there. There are a couple of free downloads there on some of the same information we've been talking about. And then my email is industrymdcoach at gmail.com. They can also find me on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. We'll put all that in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on Dr. Me First. Thank you so much for having me and thanks for all you do. Hey friend, I want to invite you to my monthly masterclass. It's live, it's confidential, it's a whole shit ton of fun, let me tell you. It's typically the last Sunday of the month, but check the dates because sometimes I do change things around. Can almost bet it's at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We talk about a variety of topics such as burnout, aka my favorite, being a badass, taking breaks, going outside, student loans, burnout recovery, relapse, and so many more. So click in the show notes so that you can get signed up today and get the emails with the notifications of the date, the time, the link, and all the deets that you will need for it. Alrighty, my friends, I hope you found this conversation as fun and enlightening as I did. Of course, you can give Narissa a holler over at industrymdcoaching.com. Again, that's industrymdcoaching.com. I know she'd love to hear from you and just tell her that Erin sent you. And don't forget today, as always, as we close up, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See ya. See ya.